Here's a true story. The email address looked legit. It said, in the from category, no reply at linkedin-messaging.com. I've seen that before. At least I thought I had. The colors in the body of the email were normal, and there wasn't anything goofy when I hovered over the, in quotes, activate LinkedIn learning now button. All of it looked normal, but it wasn't. It was a phishing email. A few things that are interesting about this. Now, I personally wanted to click because I like free books and stuff like that. It was applicable to me and my interests. The second thing, I couldn't tell if it was a phishing email and I've been trained. The third thing, it was a phishing email, but it was a phishing test from our company to keep our people vigilant, like people like me who click on stuff sometimes. CCB technology is where I work full-time when I'm not doing the impact of leadership stuff. We use the tools that we sell to our customers because they work to the point that I myself, I don't trust anything. So I guess I kind of swung pretty far the other way. I click nothing. Essentially, I take screenshots and what is this stuff? But the point is, is that CCB technology can help train you and your employees like we train our employees. And we can implement the same tools to protect you and your employees that we use to protect us. It's because it just makes sense. If we're going to use it to protect our house, you should use it to protect your house. Go to ccbtechnology.com for more information and to set up a call. ccbtechnology.com. We make IT simple. How many 100-year-old institutions can you name in your local community? Ready, set, go. Now, even as I typed that intro, uh, I couldn't get past three. And then I had to fact check to see if it was even accurate. Now, there's the church that's close to my house, uh, St. Mizrab. Mizrab, I can't remember how to say it. Armenian church has been there for over 100 years now. A manufacturer, Twin Disc, over 100 years. And the Clipper company, Andis, over 100 years. But that's as far as I got. Now, 100 years is a long time to survive as a business or a nonprofit generations of people will have interacted with your organization. Hitting 100 years is a milestone to celebrate, a time to reflect, and also to envision people to the next chapter. And that's, in part, what we'll do in today's conversation. Welcome to the Impact of Leadership podcast, where we believe that no one drifts into excellence. I'm your host, Steve Shear. And today's episode is about celebrating a century-old legacy and the leaders that carry it forward. Carolyn Frisch is the CEO of United Way of Kenosha County, and they're turning 100. Not, uh, to be clear, not Carolyn. She's like 29 or something. United Way of Kenosha is turning 100. I've worked with Carolyn over the years while she was at several different organizations, and I noticed a theme beginning to develop. She shows up ready to work. She's ready to go, like now, like every time. And she's fun to be around, which, you know, that's the kind of people that I like to be around. We did have a little bit of audio quality issues during this episode, but it's not that bad. So before I get into too much more intro and give away the rest of the uh, interview, let's get into my conversation with Carolyn Frisch, the CEO of United Way of Kenosha County. 
to start off, um, I am the CEO at United Way of Kenosha County, and I've been in this post uh, for a little over two years. I uh, came from uh, Milwaukee. I was born and raised in Milwaukee and lived there um, throughout my childhood and into my early adulthood and was fortunate to uh, relocate um, just to the Racine-Kenosha area in 2023. Um, for a position um, at Carthage College. So I've been living down here uh, with my husband and my daughter uh, for the last 10 years, and we absolutely love it. That's good. Um, how old? I can't remember. How old is your daughter? Uh, her, she's seven years old. Um, she's going into second grade. That's great. Yeah, we. so our closest would be eight. Uh, well, actually, we got a six and eight-year-old, so they're busy um, and they add a lot to life. So that's good. Um, they do. And and one of the things that I love to do with her, especially at this age, is have her be a part of, of the work. Um, and so she was just with me um, this week uh, doing a playground painting, a sensory playground painting at Epsola um, Creative Arts uh, School and Dual Language School, which is very exciting. And her first volunteer opportunity uh, was a sensory playground uh, painting at Columbus Park when we did the Born Learning Trail. So um, she was five at the time and got her started uh, volunteering in the community early on because obviously it's a passion of mine and I want to be able to um, instill that um, passion in her as well. That's great. I, I didn't know you were doing that. That's so good. Um, you're living this thing out, uh, which which goes into... Uh, kind of a generalized sort of big question, but I think it's important for the groundwork of the rest of our uh, conversation. So how do you describe United Way and also the impact on the Kenosha community? Sure. So United Way is an organization that uh, convenes and collaborates with individuals and organizations across our community. There are multiple different groups um, and businesses that we connect with on a regular basis for a wide variety of reasons, uh, which also kind of help, um, hinders us in a sense because we're sometimes a little bit hard to pin down. But the organization itself really started under the idea of philanthropy in the community. So uh, going back, doing a little bit of a history lesson here, back in the early 1920s um, and there started to be these community chess associations, and most people are familiar with community chess. If you've ever played Monopoly, you've heard the term community chess. And so in 1923, um, there was a group of about 15 individuals in, in the Kenosha community that came together to form one of these community chess. And they would fundraise every year to be able to support nonprofits in the community. And so they were part of that philanthropic fundraising arm uh, helping organizations, the first few organizations that we supported were the Boy Scouts, the Girl Scouts, the local Kenosha Hospital. Um, there were there were a bunch of organizations, and that first year they raised about uh, eighty five thousand dollars, which is over a million dollars in in current um, uh, terms. So that was really great. And uh, those fifteen people were very passionate, concerned citizens about what was going on in the Kenosha community. They wanted to make sure that they were able to help those individual, individuals that were in most need. And uh, one of the things I find interesting about, as I'm doing history on this piece, when we've been gearing up for to celebrate our 100th this year, is that they started with 
a term, suppose no one cared. And a lot of other community chess associations um, utilize that throughout the years, but it just really hits home of why it started. Suppose no one cared about, you know, children that were in need or families that were homeless or people that needed food. Suppose nobody cared. What would happen to our community if we didn't care? And so um, I think, you know, we still try to, we still live that out every day, um, bringing together the caring part, part of our community. That's part of our, our mission is to bring that caring part of our community together to be able to help those in need. That's good. I, you know, I, I can't, as you said it, for whatever reason, my brain uh, was translating suppose no one cares into assume no one cares. And I was like, ooh, that's kind of that's prickly. But suppose no one cares is imagining a world where no one cares, which is way better than what my, my brain was interpreting. So I'm glad that you put context around that. So imagining a world where no one cares, supposing no one cares, what would that look like? What would be missing? Insert united way that's why why you all exist versus the pessimistic side of my brain apparently of nobody cares um so thank you for giving that explanation um and i want to get into a little bit more of the history of united way and the excitement around what you're celebrating but before we before we do that digging a little bit to what it's like as a ceo uh, of a long established nonprofit because i'm sure that you have like five thousand decisions a day that people don't know about and all different directions you need to be running in. Um, it seems like you're everywhere at all times. So what has surprised you so far about being the CEO of United Way of Kenosha County? You know, that's an interesting question. I, I, I was sitting on that question for a while and, and, and I've had other people ask me that question. And every time that I get asked that question, my response is not much. And the reason being I did a lot of homework as I was going through and applying for this role and going through the interview process. I talked with a lot of local leaders. I talked with people that, you know, that were outside of the community, but working in kind of adjacent sectors um, and just kind of knowing, uh, getting, a, a getting to know a really good sense of like what was going on within the organization. And then when I got the position, one of the first things I did is I, went and I, I, I set up meetings with all of our board members, all of our community investment partners, and those are the, the nonprofit organizations that we grant funds to. And I also met with other, other community leaders, local um, elected officials, uh, members of the clergy, et cetera. I mean, you name it, I was, I was really on a tour the first probably three to four months, and then it kind of got extended past then because there's just, there's a lot of people to meet in this community um, that we touch. And through those conversations with them, the things that I had learned early on in my research on the organization, United Way of Kenosha County and United Way as a whole, really those things were confirmed. So uh, there was not much that, that really surprised me going into the role. Now, I'll have to say it, there are things that have happened along the way over the last two years that were like, oh, didn't really see that coming. But it was not anything that anybody could have known about. Let's just put it that way. And so we were able to, you know, when those things happened, I think, you know, one is just kind of like taking a step back, take a deep breath, understand like, okay, like something's happening here. Then, you know, try to find out who are the individuals. You know, my thing was like, who are the individuals that I need to bring into my circle that need to know 
um, that I need their assistance from or be able to kind of be a thought partner um, on it. And then, you know, we were, you know, from that uh, lens, then able to kind of make whatever decisions that I need to need to make in order to ensure, you know, the most successful landing for whatever issue came across. But by and large, like, you know, I kind of, I, I really had a good sense of, of what was going on and, you know, kind of where, where we wanted to go, at least in the first, you know, few years of me being here. Thinking back to uh, those meetings that you had, are there a couple key questions that you were asking that could maybe help people that are listening in that might be in a, uh, a spot? Maybe they're not taking over an organization, but they might be stepping into a role that's new to them or they're the new person on a long established organization, regardless of the title or position. And they're going to meet with some people, maybe not do a tour like you did, because it might not be as prominent of a, of a role, but are there, are there a couple questions that you, you would say are go-tos that you would give them advice to, to ask? Yeah, well, I think first and foremost, and that's a great question, Steve. So thank you for asking that. First and foremost, you know, what do they know about the organization? So that was, that was great. I really appreciated asking that question. And then what's working and what's not working in your relationship? With, this, with the organization that I'm representing. Because when I got that information, we were able to utilize that to either, you know, kind of, con- let's say, okay, we're gonna continue to focus on this because the majority of people say, this is great, keep doing this. And then for things that, you know, we're kind of like, oh, no, 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 please, or can we change this or whatever? You know, if we were able to, we could make some quick pivots um, to what we were doing and then hopefully and then and then have better outcomes. So for example, uh, when we were meeting with our campaign partners, so one of the many things that we do every year is uh, fundraising, that's an important component of our work. Um, our fundraising partners said, you know, could we change this messaging? Could you give us these documents? Could we change the timeline here? You know, those kinds of things are kind of some of the things that simmered up to the top. And we were able to then, when we went through the next campaign year, we made all those adjustments and then ended up having um, more positive results in the fundraising uh, for those particular organizations. So that worked out, you know, was really beneficial to us. But the other thing, I think, in the, mo- the thing that's most important that for me um, that I found in this process was, you know, a lot of people didn't know about the organization. Um, there were people that knew of United Way, knew of United Way of Kenosha County, knew that maybe we granted out, out money. But, you know, th- like I said earlier, you know, it was really hard to be able to pin us down. So that then kind of took us on a course, myself and, and the team here, on this course of being like, okay, we need to have very strong marketing presence. We need to refine, you know, our social media and things of that nature to really come out to come out strong. And and it's an iterative process because, you know, things just don't end with social media. This past year, we've been we've been working on a strategic plan for the organization, uh, which includes in uh, hopefully, you know, board approved, an updated mission, vision, and brand for the organization as well to be able to, you know, continue to add on uh, to, you know, what is United Way of Kenosha County and what do we do for the community? There's a follow-up here and and there's so many other things I want to ask, but I do think that because of how helpful your last explanation was of questions to ask and the why behind that, I, I, I do need to ask, because it seems like I see you everywhere <laughs> and it seems like you you are everywhere, 
Uh, I know social media gives that impression to people and it's not really that you're everywhere, but you do a lot. So do you have a process that you go through on what, on what to say no to? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think it's really, um, you know, the first thing is who, who is asking, are they a community partner? Are they a community investment partner? You know, we invest in 15 nonprofit organizations in this community. So, you know, for me, that, that comes first. Um, you know, if they need me, those folks probably. Yep. And then who are our other partners in programming, like Kenosha Unified School District, and who are our partners in the campaign, like Snap-on? So, you know, ensuring that those organizations, you know, were available, myself and the staff included, are available to support them and, and, and do what we can. And then, you know, along the way, as we develop other partnerships, then those things change. But I don't, I'm not a person that likes to say no, but you know, you can't be everywhere and you can't be everything to everyone. So we look at those parameters first and foremost. Jumping back to something you started with early on, the legacy of United Way of Kenosha County. So tell us about the why behind the organization and what is behind all of the initiatives and community involvement that you guys have. Yeah, so the why behind the organization is what does the community need? And so going back to you know our, our first how we started, uh, we were granting out funds. Uh, the organization evolved over time and we're always trying to meet the moment. What is going on in the community? Very early on, there was a name change to the war fund. You're thinking about uh, the world, different world wars, World War One, World War II, um, you know, that kind of, that kind of time frame. The members of the community had to step up in different ways. And so the funding and how we funded things changed over time. And then um, there was another iteration called the United Fund that happened so after United, that. Sorry, mm -hmm. the United Way, I, I heard you say it, but I don't know what happened with my brain. I didn't register it. Yeah. So, so the name of the United Way that we know it was something, was what before? So we initially started as the Kenosha Community Chess Association of Kenosha. And then uh, over time, there were different iterations in the name change. So one of them, the next one being uh, the War Fund. And war so fund. we, yeah, cool. so yeah. we were we were part of that process, selling war bonds and things of that nature to be able to, su to support local organizations and things of that nature. And then it changed to the United Fund after that, after the World Wars had changed and the community was changing once again. Um, and then in 1973 was when we ultimately became the United Way of Kenosha County and have since had that name now for 50 years. That's good. And so you all are, are like you said, it's a response to community need. Mm -hmm. You're not coming up with a thing and then figuring out where it fits. You, you are serving the local community and it's evidenced over the past hundred years, even in the name change. So that's great. I, I love the history. Is there more history that that we should know about? Like what what should people know about the history of United Way of Kenosha County? Because a hundred years is a is a lot to get into. You know, four minutes of a of a segment here. Yeah, that's a great question. I think that the, the biggest thing I think that people should know is that what we're doing, everything that we're doing today is something that our community at at one point in time have expressed a need for. And so that those programs and the organizations that we support change over time as the community needs change. So for example, you know, we've for the last 10 years, over 10 years now, we've been running a reading tutoring program called Readers Are Leaders. 
we know that young people in our community, specifically in kindergarten through third grade, um, are have challenges um, in in that area. And so, additional supports for the children, their families, and the and the teachers and staff at the local elementary schools really appreciate having someone come in on a regular basis. You know, no, we you know we're a nonprofit, so there's no fees. This is a free service to be able to come in and help students that are reading below grade level and get them up to, to grade level reading. It's very, very important. Um, and we'll continue to do that. And right now, after you know the pandemic, we see a lot of after effects of what happened over that time period where students were either you know working remotely or you know not in class for potentially you know different reasons and so we know now that approximately 32 percent of third grade students as of the last school year uh, were reading at grade level so you know flip that on its head and you see that you know over 60 percent of students right are not reading at grade level that's a huge number that's several hundred children uh, in third grade who are now going into fourth grade that aren't reading at grade level. And that fourth grade is when you start to read to learn. Instead of, of reading and learning how to read, which is what you do in kindergarten through third grade, in fourth grade, you're, you're reading content to learn concepts. And so if you're not able to read at a fourth grade level, that's going to hinder your abilities. And, it's, and, and we know from a lot of like national data, uh, there's lots of data out there that people could research that that will be a hindrance potentially going on in the future. It could hinder the person in terms of what kind of job that they could get in the future, if they would be able to go to college or not. Um, and then ultimately, you know, how much money that they might be able to make to support their family, themselves and their family, right? And so it's a, it, it, it's a kind of a domino effect if um, if we have that going on in our community. And so the, the long and the short of it is for me that um, you know, we have a reading crisis in our community. I think a lot of people are, are very well aware of that, especially individuals that have young people or are around young people know that there's a, a, lot, a lot of individuals that are struggling with that. And so we're you know, working with different schools in the Kenosha Unified School District to help them as they're helping to tackle that as well because they're working really hard and, 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 they, and, and we want to work alongside of them to help our community. All right. So, Carolyn, so as we start to uh, land the plane on this interview, what's something that I should be asking about you, the organization, your staff, your guys' involvement? Uh, this isn't the last question of the interview, but just what, do you, what should I be asking about? What, what is it that people should be knowing and, and I'm missing because I didn't ask the question? Sure. Um, I think that people should know about the organization is that really anybody and everybody can be a part of United Way. And I think about a former supervisor of mine who often talked about time, talent, and treasure. And, you know, everybody has the opportunity to be able to give either time, talent, or treasure. Some of them can give all three. Some of them can only give one. But we, in order for, for us and our community to be successful is if we have as many people as possible from the community at the table helping to not only participate in the programs, but also to help us steer the content too and make sure that 
what we're doing and what our community impact partners or investment partners are doing uh, is relevant and what is needed in the community. That is so good. Time, talent, treasure. Mm -hmm. So are any of those more important at this point to you all, or is it all a need constantly? I say it's all a need constantly because, um, you know, we are going through uh, a lot of, of, of things in our lifetime right now. There's a lot of things going on. We have a housing crisis on our hands um, in our area. We have the literacy crisis on our hands. And we have people that are being affected uh, because of that in a multitude of ways. So whether it's being able to give time to be able to tutor a child or be able to participate in one of our other programs, or it's, you know, the ability to even give, you know, $5 a month um, to be able to, to do that because you don't have, I don't have the time. I'm working, I'm running around, I've got other things to do, um, but I think I can give, you know, $5 a month to be able to help support that. That makes a huge difference. And, the, and more of the people that can do uh, those types of, all of that, any of those types of things, quite frankly, will only help to make not only this organization stronger, but will ultimately benefit other organizations and then the community, because that is, that is what we do. We want to make sure that we're here to not only benefit the work that, that United Way is doing, but also that of our community investment partners and ultimately our community as a whole. Carolyn, I'm going to make sure that there are links uh, for people to click and make it easy for them to uh, give their time, talent, uh, and treasure um, in whatever capacity they're able to. I loved your examples and your passion. Um, we've heard a couple times about this 100-year uh, celebration and this gigantic milestone that you all have uh, this fall. And I, I know you have a celebration coming up. So tell us about that celebration that's coming up this fall. Yeah, definitely. So we are super excited because on Saturday, November 11th, uh, we are having a giant uh, fundraiser event for the organization called uh, Centennial Jubilee, A Night to Celebrate. We will be at Carthage College um, on their campus from about 5 to about 8.30 p.m. And uh, we're going to have a blast. We're going to have some live music. We're going to have um, a DJ there. DJ Mr. 262 will be there. Um, and we're going to be honoring um, many of our longstanding volunteers and donors. We're going to have a giant silent auction. Um, so there'll be many opportunities to be able to um, provide additional support to the organization. And we just want to host like a really big celebration because you don't turn a hundred years often. Um, you know, that doesn't happen. I mean, it happens every day, but you know, it doesn't, it's only going to happen for us once. Right. And so we want to make sure that we have uh, a great big celebration of all the wonderful work uh, that this organization has done, the legacy of providing support and uh, collaboration and strong partnership uh, across the County for 100 years. So yeah, super excited. Like, I can't even tell you. We're looking to pack the room. Hopefully we have about 300, 325 people there um, for that event. And it will set the stage for what we hope to be will be 
uh, an annual uh, fall fundraiser for the for the organization. Probably a different iteration next year. I'm looking to try to flex our muscle, um, but would really love to be able to see as many people as possible come on out um, on the evening of Saturday, November 11th at Carthage College. Tickets will be going on sale for the event starting in mid-September, uh, so people can follow us online at uh, uh, KenoshaUnitedWay.org um, and be able to uh, get on our, our email list, um, check us out on social media. I know we'll be posting about that a lot there. Uh, if anybody's interested in being a sponsor, we're still accepting sponsorships um, for the for the event starting at uh, $2,500, uh, includes a table of eight and all the marketing and communications uh, that we can do um, prior to the event and during the event to be able to thank them for their uh, generous support of the of the event. So we'll be taking sponsors until about September 30. And then uh, from there, it'll be just single table and full table uh, or single uh, person and full table uh, ticket sales from that on our website. Well, it's good. Well, if you are listening to this right now and it's after September, you know that you've got some time between um, the time that the, the registration went live to the time that this event happens, but you don't have forever. So scroll down on whatever platform you're using, click the link to register or sponsor this. You are, you are giving time, talent, um, and some treasure in order to further this organization. And uh, you're partnering with uh, a longstanding organization you're going to be celebrating. And from what I hear, Carolyn's going to be doing some break dancing. So uh, if we re- is that that's that's true, right? I didn't just make. Did I just make? Steve, that up? I'm already practicing my dance moves. <laughs> <all right. laughs> well, I, she rolled with it while I was playing around, but she rolled with it. So donate uh, if if they raise seven million dollars, she's gonna do some breakdance moves on the ground. So, so if as soon as they hit the seven million dollar mark, you know they'll, they'll she's gonna be breakdancing. Uh, well, Carolyn, thanks again for um, pouring your heart out in our local community. It's people like you that make living here uh, a joy um, and and. It's, 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 it's a joy to partner with you. And I'm excited about Impact of Leadership and CCB coming alongside what you all are doing. Same here, Steve. Thank you. My action items and takeaways. First of all, the takeaways. There's two that I've got here. A hundred-year-old impact starts with small, consistent actions. Number two, good folks doing good work are all around us. We just need to pay attention. Action items. It's just one, really. Sign up to attend or sponsor the Jubilee that they're throwing to celebrate 100 years in our local community. So if you are in Southeast Wisconsin, I highly suggest, I strongly suggest you be there. CCB folks will be there. We're excited to party with her and see her (laughs) breakdance. So scroll down to the links for more information about that. Now, if you liked what you heard, I have a simple ask, send it to someone. We want to bring value to more and more folks just like you, but we don't know all of your friends and family, so we need your help to get this message out. Here's how to follow and get notifications if you're listening to Spotify, because it's one thing to say, hey, follow us and not explain it. So specific to Spotify, click on the episode you're listening to right now so that it's full screen. Click the three dots in the upper right-hand corner. Click go to show. Then you'll see a button that says follow below the image. You can hit that and the bell next to it and you'll follow the show and get push notifications when a new episode comes out. 
Now, similarly, people in every podcast say, check the show notes, um, or a lot of them do, and, and we say that all the time, but how do you find the show notes? To find the show notes, at least in Spotify, I'll stick there for a second, hit see more, not see more butts, but see more next to the description of the episode. It'll expand. Look for all caps, show notes, and two pointing emojis that are pointing down. So I tried to make it as easy as possible. Expand the description of the episode, look for all caps show notes and the pointing emojis, follow these, uh, and you'll find some links to follow up with Carolyn, to sign up for the Jubilee, and to get more information about the impact of leadership, because we've got over 130 other episodes in our podcast library, over 75 blogs, practical leadership lessons, and Patrick and I are getting booked to speak at different things. It's awesome what's happening within the IOL community. So check the notes, hit those links for more, and I can't wait to be with you again soon. But until then, from us at the Impact of Leadership, thanks for listening.